God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We're so glad that you're with us. We have a very special guest today, Rona Sparopoulos, who's been a friend for probably 40 years. And she is the author of the book, The Blood, Entrance into the Supernatural. And she's going to tell us all about it. We're so glad you're with us today on our podcast. This is the Global Outpouring Podcast, and we are standing in believing and contending for this outpouring. And our guest today, Rona Sparopoulos, is a, a wonderful intercessor. She has done so much in the way of contending for the outpouring and contending yes, for yeah. many, many things in the spirit. And she has, she's quite an equipper as well, and you're going to find that out today with this podcast with her about her book, The Blood, Entrance into the Supernatural. Of course, we're talking about the blood of Jesus. And she's also been engaged in the outpouring in many, many ways. The Holy Spirit's been poured out po- powerfully in her ministry. So we're glad that you are all with us. And uh, before we get started, I just want to invite you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.org, where you can get onto our email list so that you can be informed about what we're doing, some of the events that we have coming up, and when a podcast is being released, and what it's about. And uh, we also have our prayer letter that comes out twice a month to take you a little deeper than what we've what we've been doing. I write a blog in in that prayer letter and we have a blog by Jean Little that explains what's going on in Israel and how to pray and there's links to our uh, YouTube channel and our Facebook page and you can go to our bookstore and you can order Rona's book, Rona Sparopoulos. The Blood Entrance into the Supernatural, it's out there on our website, and you can, you can access that. Also, if you would like to uh, give us some feedback, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is feedback at globaloutpouring.org, and we'd love to hear from you what the Holy Spirit is doing in you through these podcasts or through this particular one. Um, any anything that that you might have on your heart that you'd like to hear us talk about we would be happy to hear from you and we'll take that to the holy spirit and bring what he gives us for you so as you enjoy this podcast just be listening for what the holy spirit wants you to learn out of this and we're going to have a little exercise for you at the end of this podcast to encourage you and to help you grow in the deeper things of god we're so just just so delighted to have you with us today, Rona. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from Montana. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, it's it's always a pleasure to interact with you. We've been good, good friends since what, 1981, 1981. when you first came to the United States from from Zimbabwe. That's right, yeah. So you were born in South Africa, but raised in Zimbabwe, 
And that's why you have that wonderful British accent. But you're, but you're 100% Greek, right? 100% Greek. That's right. 100% Greek parents. My parents were Greek. Yeah. But then the Lord opened a door for you to minister in Greece. He did. And we've had wonderful ministry in Greece. Uh, I started going on my own and eventually um, we got a team together and, uh, we go as a team. We minister in Athens in a few places. I've got a very dear friend there that opened his church to me probably 15 years ago. Um, we have a few house Bible studies. There's a church in Thessaloniki, or English-speaking people say Thessalonica, where we minister as well. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And you were a missionary in Malawi for a number of years, too. Yes, I was in Malawi for about five years. Uh, there was a small team of us, and we had an absolutely marvelous time. It was quite tough in many ways, but we ministered in the bush, and we had a small, very small Bible school. But uh, the, pe- the, the kids, I want to say kids, they are grown men and women now, that came out of that school are absolutely amazing. We're in contact. We lost contact for a while. They moved. I moved. And there wasn't social media the way there is now. But when we came back into contact, we were amazed to see the work that they had done in Malawi and in South Africa and in Tanzania and other African nations. And God has really raised them up in the most amazing way. And they've got converts they've got people that they've trained as pastors they've got churches under them and they still they carry the fire of the holy spirit amen what is really important so we're so thrilled to meet up with them again and see what they've done and see how they're on fire for the lord so it's been wonderful amen good seed into good ground produces a good harvest yes absolutely That's wonderful. So tell us, Rona, um, you grew up in the Greek Orthodox Church. How did God get a hold of you and get you on a deeper walk? Well, there were certain things that happened in my life that kind of shook me, (laughs) which uh, happens quite often. I think God needs to just shake us so that we begin to look in a different direction for something more satisfying. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the Greek church, although I was quite devout, I have to say I was quite devout and dedicated and learning the, they didn't teach a Bible study, the Greek church that I was in. They taught all about orthodoxy Mm. and it wasn't satisfying me. So I started looking for something extra and the Lord brought somebody into my life that led me to her church. Long story, but uh, I went there on an evening when it was all Holy Spirit stuff. (laughs) 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 And everything was worship, you know, worship in the Holy Spirit. And so I got dumped right into it, so to speak. And the Lord caught my attention and made me so hungry for that, that I wanted more. And uh, it kind of scared me a bit what I was hearing, but I wanted more. And so I went to see the pastor, and he said to me, who does your life belong to? I said, well, my family, 
who else would it belong to? <laughs> so, so he began to talk to me about um, the Lord, and he said, what is it that you want from me? I said, I just want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because I want to speak in tongues the way these people do, mm. the people in the church that I just heard. And um, so he said, okay. So he prayed for me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I'm always amazed how he, he just picked up and went with it, went with what the Holy Spirit was. He didn't say, no, you have to be born again, you have to do this and you have to do that. But he just went with it, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, set free, and just started an amazing journey with the Lord. Wow. Man, you had a visitation from the Lord, too, I think, back yes. then. When that happened, I actually saw the Lord coming to me uh, with a chalice. It was a chalice. I can't describe it any other way. Full of living water. And he put it to my lips and he said to me, drink. And I began to drink and drink and drink and drink until I was absolutely lost. And I began to, I actually felt my mouth go numb and my tongue go numb and began to move in a, in a tongue, in a supernatural tongue. And for the first three days, it wasn't an unknown tongue to me. It was in Latin, which I could understand. And um, I'd taken Latin at school, so I could understand what I was saying. And I was saying, Padre Dio, my father God, and, and quite a few words in Latin. For three days, I was talking to him. And I was just talking to the Lord in this language. And I could feel his presence so powerfully. You know, I would get up in the morning and just go and lie in the living room. I was living with my family at that point and just be lost in God for four hours. Oh, and it was the most amazing. It really was a honeymoon. <laughs> wow. Honeymoon time, and I began to have visions because I really didn't know the gospel. I mean, the Greek church, when I look at it now, I realize that the gospel is there, but it isn't obvious and it isn't powerful enough for somebody to pick it up and go with it and take it internally. You know, mm -hmm. it's like yeah. an outward form. But um, that set me on a course of just loving the Lord, giving up everything, and just making him my priority. So you came on staff here in 1981, and you, you did that missionary work in between. You were here some and there some. And, but how did, you, how did you get this idea to write this book, The Blood, Entrance into the Supernatural? You know, as a very young Christian, the Lord taught me about the blood. I had a vision of the blood and um, mentioned it in the book where I, I was laid out before him, as I was saying, and he appeared before me and the blood started pouring out of his side and covering me. And then it got totally absorbed into me. Mm. Wow. And then another vision where he took my hand and he put it in his side. And... Um, so the blood was always a priority for me because I'd seen it that way. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what it meant. And I had a group of ladies at the church that I, that I went to. I would go and tell them what was going on and what I'd seen and what the Lord had shown me. And they would take me to the scriptures and begin to explain what, what had happened in this vision because I didn't wow. know anything. And um, 
So again and again, uh, the blood has come up so powerfully in my life, the power of it. Again, as a young person, when I finally moved out from my family and I had no furniture and I heard of somebody that was selling a chair and I went to find him and said, well, how much is this chair? You know, and he was talking to me. And then I, I told him I was a, just a newborn again Christian. <laughs> I'm so happy I was telling everybody about the Lord, you know. Yeah. And uh, he said, well, I know all about the crusades and the terrible things Christians have done and on and on and on. And um, so I said, well, what do you know about the blood of Jesus? That's the most important thing. Well, he started shaking violently. Hmm. It turned out he was a spiritualist. <laughs> and he started shaking violently, stuttering. He had to get up from his chair, leave the room, be gone a little while, come back, and he said, I'm sorry, I'm not selling you my chair. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Afterwards, I was quite happy that I hadn't bought that chair from him. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what might have come with it. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so the blood has been, it's been important in my life through revelation, through through just being in a war zone where we needed the blood covering for our protection. Uh, explain that because a lot of Americans are clueless what, what you're talking about. Well, I lived in, I grew up in Rhodesia, which is now Zimbabwe. And we went through 14 years of terrorist warfare. Um, a lot of people would say guerrilla warfare. But um, in the middle of that is when I gave my life to the Lord. Mm. And so I began to realize the power of the blood. And my, my brother was in the bush a lot of the time as a soldier. And so I would pray for him, covering of the blood. And he had so many things happen to him. And he came out, he walked out of all of them with bruises. He got shot. The helicopter that he was in got shot down and nothing oh. happened to him. He walked out of it with just bruising. Amazing. Yeah. And then he got blown up in a land by an accident. Oh, oh my goodness. Walked away from it with just bruising. Wow. It was the power of the blood of Jesus that kept him. It's like a light that surrounds us when, when it's seen in the supernatural realm. It doesn't, it doesn't look like what we think blood should look like, but it looks like light because it's the blood of Jesus. And he's the light of the world and everything that he is is in his blood. And so the protection of the blood is like putting on Christ and surrounding us with everything that he is and surrounding those that we pray for with everything that he is. Because his character, his godliness, his God, the aspects of his godhood, all of it is in his blood. So in the supernatural, it looks like yes. light. And anything that uh, is going to harm us cannot penetrate that light. Beautiful. Oh, Beautiful. You know, in the natural, even natural blood, the red blood cells have a little light in them. If you look at live blood under a microscope, you can tell when a red blood cell is alive or if it dies, when the, when, when the light goes out, it's dead. 
Wow, so amazing. Jesus, Jesus blood never dies. Yeah. So it is the perfect blood. Our, our blood is, is tainted by, you know, by the fall, by, by sin coming down the generations. But even so our blood has light in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And, you know, sister Gwen in her book on the blood wrote that blood is congealed light. Yes. Yeah. So when Dr. Vancouvering came and ministered, at the Glory Tabernacle, I actually asked him about that. I said, is that true, that Mm. blood is congealed light? And he said, speaking as a quantum scientist, I can say absolutely, yes, that is true. Wow. And that was an amazing confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sister Gwen had gotten that word from that, that fact from an Israeli hematologist, someone who studies the blood um, many years ago, more than, well, it's probably 50 years ago, close Mm -hmm. to now. We never kept up with him to find out what happened to him and have looked for him on the internet, couldn't find it, but but he he was the one that told her that. Mm -hmm. So she wrote her book, The Power of the Precious Blood, which is also available on our website. And when the Holy Spirit spoke to you to write this book, tell us that story. Well, I had taught on the blood at a couple of international schools of ministry at ETH, Intermand Maidens, which is now <laughs> Global Outpouring. And um, then I was going to teach on it again. So I went through my notes, read through my notes, and just was revising everything to make sure I had it all in order. And then I suddenly thought, wow, this reads like a book. Because, <laughs> you know, I've done a lot of proofreading. Uh, yes, you're good proof. And um, so I read it and I thought, wow, this reads just like a book. But I didn't want to write something because there's so many books on the blood. And then sister, we had Sister Gwen's book that we were selling. So I took my notes to her. There were six lessons on the blood. I said, Sister Gwen, would you mind looking at my notes? Because I just went through them again. Do, they read like a book. What do you think? Should I go ahead and do something or would it be just one more book on the blood? Not that <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not that they're not all important, but maybe one more isn't needed, you know? So she read through it and she said to me, write that book. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, wow. So she said, take time out, go somewhere where you won't be disturbed and write that book. So wow. um, I kind of, put that in the back of my mind because I was quite busy. <laughs> and um, anyway, time went by and I hadn't written it. I mean, it was probably a few weeks went by. And a friend of mine came to a retreat at the Glory Tabernacle. And she said to me, Rona, what's happening with the book? Have you written it yet? I said, no, no, I haven't written it yet. She said, well, what is it? Time or money? I said, time and money because I was already calculating how much it was going to cost to have it printed. So she said, well, I've just come in into, into an inheritance and here's a check towards it, towards your oh. printing costs. So I put it in my purse because, you know, I was involved in the retreat and there was, and I was busy. When I got home at night. I remembered that check and I took it out. I expected a hundred dollars or $50 or something. Well, it was a thousand dollars. Mm, that's a glory to God. <laughs> I was just amazed. And so, you know, the next day when I spoke to Sister Gwen, I said, Look what somebody just gave me to get my book printed. 
she said, that's God telling you, get on with it, lock yourself away. You know? Yeah. So I closed myself away for 10 days and wrote. And as I was putting the meat on my notes to write the book, I kept hearing something else. And finally, I thought, well, I better write. And as I was typing it up, the Lord started downloading things to me, but not only downloading them, I was seeing them in, in vision, so to speak. I could, I could see what he was telling me. Beautiful. And um, it was quite overwhelming, actually. I was just caught up into such a place where I was so grateful to the Lord for what he was showing me, but also overwhelmed by the just the presence of it, the beauty of it, and that God would give me give me this kind of stuff and give me this revelation. So after 10 days and some of it just, you know, I, it came with such a power, mm-hmm. came with such a presence and power of God that I actually get, had to get up from the computer and walk and walk and walk mm-hmm. just to get some release from what, what I felt going through my body mm-hmm. until I could sit down and type and type and type. And, you know, I had to tell my mind, step aside. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good <laughs> <Yeah>. word. Because <laughs> some of it, my mind was saying, eek, eek. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard this before. Yeah. Wow. And I thought, I'm just going to write it. And whoever can, believes it, fine. Whoever doesn't want to believe it can just push the book aside. So I just wow. wrote. And it was just amazing after 10 days. I had two more chapters to write, but my 10 days were up. <laughs> so I mm. work. And then that weekend, I finished off the last two chapters, which ended up being three, actually. So the Lord just gave me, gave me grace. But, you know, to close yourself away without interruption is an amazing. I really didn't want to come out of there. I could have mm-hmm. stayed there forever because... I was just locked in with the Lord and no no other input or disturbance. And it was a most amazing time. Beautiful. Beautiful. So as these revelations were coming to you, didn't it end up being like 30 days of devotionals or 30 devotionals? I've called them meditations. Yeah. But they are devotionals as well. Yeah. It ended up being 30. So the, the beginning of the book is this beautiful meditation section, and then you go into the teachings on the blood. What are some of the most significant things about the blood of Jesus Christ? I think the fact that his character is in it. Leviticus 17, verse 11, for the life of the flesh or the creature, some versions say, is in the blood. The life of the being is in the blood. So everything that Jesus is, is in his blood. Everything he overcame when he walked on this earth, every trial that he went through and broke its power, every place where he did not give in and he walked above, which of course is everything he did, it's all in his blood. And so when we... When we engage his blood, we're receiving his character. And I believe it can be actually character transforming for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the blood is so vital and it's it is celebrated in heaven. I mean, I saw it actually, and there's a meditation on it, but I actually saw it being celebrated as the angels took it after he'd broken the power of sin and broken the power of death in the grave, that the angels actually collected the blood and took it and put it in a place of honor in the heavenlies, and that it's honored, so greatly honored in heaven because of the incredible sacrifice of being a poured out offering. It's not just one drop of his blood. He was a poured out offering, a sacrificial poured out offering for us. Yes, yes. And so his blood is incredibly precious and honored. And it needs to be precious, precious and honored here on earth. And um, it's all, he's, his whole character is in it. It's who he is. And when we take it upon it, us and when we engage with it, we're engaging the light of resurrection power, the light of overcoming, the light of all of his character. We're in, engaging all of that. And I think perhaps we haven't realized the extent and the power of engaging with the blood. Mm -hmm. So it's something you can contend with. Absolutely. You can contend with it. You can use it as uh, a place of equipping yourself, but there's incredible power in it. And we need to constantly um, have it available to us and engage with it and contend with it. Beautiful. Yes. And um, you know, we take communion, you know, in some churches, maybe it's once a month or, or some don't even do that. Yeah, but not really knowing yeah. what's in the blood. Mm -hmm. We're not having a full understanding because there's so much revelation in the blood as, as the Lord showed you. It's, it's just like it's, it just goes on. It's like infinity. Mm -hmm. It just goes on and on. We just haven't tapped into the knowledge of it. It's true. And I think, I think the, the revelation can continue through infinity, through, through eternity. I, I, I just believe that, that, we haven't begun to scratch the surface. No matter how much, how much uh, revelation we've had, there is always going to be more revelation to be had. Well, that's what I think about my book. I think it just, and many other books, but it just opens up the place of revelation. And many times when people ask me to write something in the book, I say, may this book just open up the revelation of the blood, that you may receive greater revelation. Yes. It's just like a stepping stone opening up something that you can step into and get more revelation. Yes. yes. You know, I, I remember uh, some months ago, the Lord really showed me, maybe a year ago, I don't know when it was, but not so very long, that the book of Acts was like the seed form of the outpouring that God is going to give us in these last days. Mm. And it, as a seed, of course, it has to go into the ground and die or it abides alone, but then it brings forth much fruit. And it, it just feels like, like um, the, the first fruits offering mm -hmm. was, was, the, was the beginning. It was, it was the first, the, the book of Acts was like the first fruits. And I, I feel like that's kind of the idea of what you're saying, that, that um, your book is like a seed form of 
plant this in your heart yeah. and see what God grows out of it in your life to, to be a life-changing experience in, in uh, pressing you into new revelation, new relationship, deeper walk with him. You know, I, I feel like we have so, uh, how shall I put this? I feel like tradition in in our churches, like the way we grew up, Philip and I grew up in church, mm-hmm. but it feels like like what we what we learned in church, it was really meant to be a seed form rather than a life format. Mm-hmm. That that the things that we learned were meant to be okay. Here's here's the baby steps. Now let's grow up, and and we should be able to grow up into a, a deeper understanding of the gospel. At one of the things that um, I've I've just begun to really, really hammer on in my my life and in in my outlook is that that we have these these four elements of the gospel that Jesus that Jesus uh, initiated with the Holy Communion when he said this cup is the New Testament or the New Covenant in my blood. And that refers back to Jeremiah 31, starting with verse 31, and it's also repeated by the writer of Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 8, where it says that, um, just like the old covenant, this part is that, that I'll be your God and you be my people. But then he goes on to say, I will write my words in your hearts and in your minds. It's not words written in stone. It's words written inside of you as you put them in. It, it becomes written in us. It becomes part of our DNA as we, as we press into God. It, 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 it causes us to grow into his likeness, and, and we're partakers of that divine nature. And, and you know, the part that, that is preached all the time is that he washes away our sins. But the other part is that you will know him. Yes. You'll know him. And, and it's going to come to the point where you don't, you won't, nobody's going to be saying to each other, okay, it's time to get to know God. Everybody will know God for themselves. That is the gospel. That's what we're pressing for. That's what we're expecting out of this outpouring. And that's what he paid for with his blood. So how do we overcome with the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, like, like uh, uh, Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11 says. Well, I believe that um, as we meditate on that scripture, it actually becomes alive to us and that we can use the blood as a vehicle of communication between the Lord and, and ourselves. Those that are feeling guilty for those that are feeling that they can't make it, if they would just access the blood and particularly the scripture and they would call on the Lord and call on his blood to cover them, cover their minds because their minds are under attack, Mm -hmm. that um, they can move way above their circumstances and begin to overcome. And this scripture says it all. You know, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. The reality of the accuser being cast down, we need to see it, that he's cast down because of the blood, Mm -hmm. because of an outpoured offering on the cross, because of the blood pouring out of Jesus. And um, the rest of the scripture says, 
which accused them before God day and night, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. There's an overcoming power just in accessing the blood and just calling on the Lord to, to cover us with his blood, cover our hearts, cover our minds, cover our thinking processes, and by the word of their testimony, begin to speak what God has actually done for us and they love not their lives unto death. We have got to put our lives as second, as I'm going to make this sacrifice. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to connect with the Lord. I'm going to seek him in that place of intimacy. Even if I have to push aside some other things in my life, every other thing in my life that's going to interfere with it and make him my total focus. Amen. Amen. Yes. So what would you recommend for um, for a homework for our listeners that that uh, they're they're I think they're getting interested in what you've been saying and and interested in seeing what what God does. Um, Obviously, it, it would be smart for them to just get right online and order this book from globaloutpouring.org. But what what would you suggest that they do before they even lay their head on their pillow tonight? If they're resonating with this message about the blood and of the blood of Jesus Christ and how it is the entranceway into a supernatural life with God, what can they do tonight to make this their own? Well, Sharon, I believe that they need to look at the scripture, Revelation 12 verses 10 and 11, and if they've got an amplified Bible, even better. And, and it's med- available online if they don't have one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just take it apart, take it sentence by sentence and begin to meditate on it and even write their own experience. Like what is the Greek word for salvation and what is the fullness of that word? They can study it out. We've got Google, we've got all sorts of helps that can help us study these things. What do we mean by, what does the scripture mean by strength? Now has come salvation and strength. What is meant by strength? What is the word for strength? It's the word dunamis power. What does dunamis power mean? And then the kingdom of our God. What exactly is the kingdom of our God as opposed to the kingdom of the world? What is the kingdom of our God? Take the scripture apart and meditate on it. What is the power of his Christ? What does Christ mean? What is the actual meaning of Christ? And and, um, how is it relevant in our own lives? And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. What does it mean to me personally? How can I overcome by the blood of the Lamb? What does it all mean? What does it mean that Jesus was the lamb? Why was he the lamb? They overcame him by loving, not their lives unto the death. And so I think that's excellent homework to meditate on that scripture. Take it apart and make every little part of it personal. That's beautiful. Oh, beautiful, yes. That's beautiful. You know, it's, it's life-changing when you meditate on the word. And it's life-changing when you write down the things that the Lord shows you. Because he will show you things. Would you pray for our listeners right now that the Lord will give them an entranceway into the supernatural through the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. 
Father, we give you thanks. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your poured out offering. And right now, Father, you know each person that's going to be listening to this podcast. You know ahead of time who you're going to attract when they see the word, the blood, entrance into the supernatural. When they just see the word, the blood, Father, that you are going to attract them and you're going to supernaturally open up a new realm to them, Lord, of understanding, of knowing and realizing that there's a place of intimacy when they can enter into the realm that you live in, Lord. You come into our realm, but Father, we want to live in your realm where all of these things are overcome and all of these things are added to us. So Father, for each person that is listening, I pray for a spirit of the overcomer and a spirit of wanting to know more, wanting to find out more, and that the power of the revelation of Jesus Christ and everything he did, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ would come into their lives in a whole new way. I pray for understanding, for a heart of understanding and wisdom, and Lord, that they would reach in and touch and have access to the blood of Christ and use it in a whole new way, that they would be lifted out of their own difficulties, lifted out of their anxieties and out of their depressions and into a realm where they come face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ in a whole new relationship and a whole new intimacy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Rona, thank you so much for being with us. We are so delighted that you've taken time with us today, and we trust that lives are going to be changed as a result of you being with us today. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.